Hello and welcome to another all-new episode of Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast brought to you by Highland News and Media. I'm Andrew Henderson, and as always, I'm joined by sports editor Will Clark to talk about what's been going on in the sporting world in the north of Scotland this week. Will, I think there's only one place we could start, isn't there? What has been going on, eh? I've never seen a week like it in terms of one story that's just generated so much controversy. Uh, of course, we're speaking about uh, Mulkey Mackay being appointed the manager of Ross County, and the reactions from the fans has just blown me away. I don't know about you. I know. It's been stronger than I anticipated. I thought there'd be some controversy, but to have so much outcry across social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. And in a way, I'm a little impressed to see it because it's a lot of people standing up for principles rather than putting the club first almost if that makes sense maybe that's not the right way of putting it but it's, it's obviously a very controversial move because of the allegations in Malky Mackay's past I, I'm calling them allegations I felt a little awkward about doing that in this week's papers because there was an investigation by the English FA and no charges were brought even though there is evidence out there on various social media um, that Malky Mackay made racist, sexist and homophobic comments in his time managing Cardiff City, I believe, that only came to light after he had left the club. A lot of people say, especially after Roy McGregor's comments uh, last weekend, that they were looking to find out what the club really stood for, what the identity of the club was. A lot of people think that this isn't the way forward. This isn't the identity that Ross County should be associating themselves with. Look, I can totally understand all the outcry on social media. What's your take on it, Will? I think the fans are justified to react the way they are. Yes, the allegations were back at his time at Cardiff City, which was 2013, uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, But it just shows you that people remember. Uh, I think he faced the same sort of backlash when he was at Wigan Athletic and even when he was appointed performance director at the Scottish FA and interim manager as well. The, the one thing about this whole issue is it, it, it's generated such negative feedback, not in his abilities as a football coach, but as a manager. The negativity has just come from the allegations which uh, arose during his time as manager of Cardiff City. People still remember that. And the, the amount of messages we've seen on social media and people just responding to our articles... It, it's just negative to the point where a number of fans are saying they're no longer going to support Ross County. That's the strength of feeling. And you have to agree with, well, I have, I agree with the fans are saying. I, they've got their principles. What the allegations at the time, they were of a, a nature that just wasn't very pleasant, to be fair, and not really something that you would associate with society today. Um. Whether he's the right man for the job at Ross County is one thing. But it's the fact that, do these two factors fit together? Is the allegations that Mackay received previously fitting with what Ross County want to be? Because Ross County say they're, they're more than just a football club, they're a community club, they're a family club, they're the club for the Highlands. Do the club's principles fit in with what Mackay has faced in the past? And a lot of fans are saying no. 
but it's a done deal now. So what happens in the future remains to be seen. Regardless of whether Mackay achieves success or not at Ross County, will he ever be welcomed by the fans? And the, the other point I've got to make is, at a time when we're coming out of the pandemic and the club is trying to welcome fans back into the stadium, they're trying to welcome back advertisers who will hopefully start making money again during the pandemic. They'll be relying on hospitality of some sort to start again. How much of this is going to be hampered by this appointment? You know, more than just results on the pitch isn't going to harm Ross County off the pitch. Is this something that's been taken into consideration? What do you think? Well, let me just say first off, it's, it's ironic that we're talking about all these issues and they've all been thrust way back in the spotlight after what happened with Brecon City and Kelty Hearts playoff last weekend. And, and you touched on it in your column at the start of the week in the Inverness Courier as well. Well, we, we've seen so much talk over the last year or so about mental health and there are anti-racism campaigns and anti-homophobia campaigns in football and this is going to bring up all of those conversations again so purely on optics and I'm not even giving my opinion on this but purely on optics it's a terrible move because that association is still there with Malky Mackay and that now in turn is going to be associated with Ross County so that's that's not good for them. For me I'm a little bit conflicted on this because I was like probably a lot of the fans out there when I first looked at the odds and saw that Malky Mackay was the heavy favourite. My reaction was, oh, please, no, based on, on what the allegations have been and what his reputation has become. You can try and separate him as a manager and those comments he made. And if you just look at him as a manager, if anything, this is a coup for Ross County. The level he's managed at, you know, what he's done with Cardiff was absolutely phenomenal on the pitch his role with the SFA as performance director it was transformational for Scottish football we're now seeing the likes of Billy Gilmore and Nathan Patterson in the Euro squad he played a huge role in that process behind the scenes of getting those youngsters through into senior football and and improving the standard of youngsters in the Scottish game however <laughs> we come back to these allegations right and Part of me really wants to say that they were eight years ago. He might have changed by now, right? You have to give people second chances. But he hasn't come out and said, even in the press conference this week when he was unveiled, which we'll get onto in a little bit, there was no apology for what he'd said. And I'm not aware of him publicly coming out and renouncing what had been done at the time he denied that he had been sexist and homophobic. I, I think he kind of left racist to the side there because that was a slightly harder charge to dodge. He did get some support after going through quality and diversity training from Kick It Out, the anti-racism campaign, but I'm all for giving people second chances, but I think he needs to actually come out and, and be a bit more honest and be a bit more transparent, maybe the word rather than honest, about what he has actually done since then and what he's actually learned and how his opinions and how he acts has changed for that to actually have a knock-on effect on changing supporters minds and you're talking about sponsors and hospitality and, and having an effect and all of that because right now it, it's going to be very interesting to see how many people actually stay away from Dingwall and, and that's the question is how many people are going to stay away and not how many people are going to turn up we're not going to know the answer to that for a little while yet but based on the immediate reaction on social media and that's not always 
indicative of the support as a whole, it's really not looking good for him or the club. Well, we've heard people coming out and saying that uh, they'll no longer support the club, you know, yeah. lifelong fans. Um, people have cancelled the Staggies Army yeah. membership. People are saying they're not going to buy season tickets. It looks like it's going to have an immediate impact. I think it's taken Ross County aback, the level of negativity towards this appointment. Like you, um, I'm a great believer in people can change. I'm a great believer in educating people and uh, just becoming more liberal. You know what I mean? Just people can change. What, what, what people might think uh, when they're younger, they can mature and become better people. But it's also up to the fans to try and forgive Mackay for what he said. But there, at the same time, there, there's a line that can be crossed. There's some things that people will remember and there will be a stigma to one person saying, well, you think that way, you said this, you said that. And to some people, it can be unforgivable. And I know Mackay's planning to hold a lot of question and answer sessions and, and meet with the public. But I think a lot of people are going to take a lot of convincing to have a different um, sort of attitude towards Mackay. I mean, I was surprised, first of all, that John Hughes didn't take the job. Um, We're glossing over that, aren't we? <laughs> let's not forget that. That was just as big a shock as far as I'm concerned. I thought he was a stick on. Um, but even for it only took two days to announce a new manager, even though we've got no evidence to say this, I think it was probably a, a lot longer in the making. And Ross County probably did balance up the allegations previously with his abilities as a, a football coach, but I think they have underestimated the strength of feelings from the fans. It's not going to change now. He will be the new manager for the first game of the season. Will he be accepted? That remains to be seen. But in Mackay's defence, he did speak about what happened previously in the press conference as well. Um, he says that was a long time ago. and He says that uh, he wants to connect with the fans. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a very interesting uh, first couple of weeks of the season just to see how the fans um, react to Mackay if they're allowed back in the stadium, if even if they're not allowed back in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the strength of fan reaction there. Unsurprisingly, I think we've probably been getting more questions about this on social media yeah, than definitely. about most other stories, and that has had a knock-on effect, if you like, on the press conference that we both alluded to earlier. Well, there's actually a couple of the things that you brought up there were touched on in the press conference. I'm going to play a few of the questions now, and, and rather than just being a little clip like we usually do on Balls and Whistles, I'm actually going to play full questions and full answers so people can hear things in, in complete context. It was a long press conference. We were on the Zoom call for not long off an hour, so I'm not going to play the entire thing. But here are the questions that our colleague Alistair Fraser and myself asked. Hopefully, and I say this with, you know, bated breath, obviously, hopefully this will answer some of the questions that all of you have out there listening and will be a bit more informative as to the kind of things we've been talking about already. Judge me on what, what, how, how I 
say to you, um, what you see in the pitch, what you see in press conferences, um, I'm sure in the next few months we will be going out to talk to fans, um, you know, in terms of QAs. Um, and the fact that um, I want the very best for this football club, um, the fact that I'm going to work 24 hours a day to make sure that I do that, the fact that I'm very aligned with the owner and the chief executive, the fact that um, UEFA and FIFA and the Scottish FA um, felt that they would, they would be people that wanted to, to um, have me work for them. Um, I suppose more importantly that, um, as I said, we've got a plan here and I want to make sure that, that Ross County succeed. That's why I'm here. As I said to you, I have unfinished business as a manager and I want to make sure that this club succeeds more than anything. Now, now that I am the pen and paper and I'm the manager here, I want that more than anything. I have um, been someone who in the last four years knows the club very well. Um, for Club Academy Scotland, I come up and I, I spent time with the owner and the chief exec when we audited the club's youth academy. Um, I was, was given the ground to I saw the structure of the football club. Um, I got to know the owner and um, more, more importantly in the last day or so when I hear about his vision for the club and I hear where he wants to go, it excites me and it makes me want to, to, to give everything I can to the football club. And I think if you look at my record over my playing career and then managerial career and even beyond that in my career in governance and, and, and bodies within football, you'll see longevity. You don't see jumping in and out of places. I've been in places for four and five years and everything I do, it's been my life since I left banking at the age of 21 and played for Queen's Park as a boy. And my life's been football in it and that's what the club are going to get. That's what the fans are going to get. Are there any immediate decisions on staffing, you know, in terms of coaches and things like that? Yeah, I mean, as I said, this was a, it was a particularly frenetic 24 hours, so that will be the case over the next few coming days because obviously there's players in contract and there'll be staffing issues as well. Um, something we'll get to in the next few days, absolutely. Um, but, um, you know, as I said, the last 24 hours has been, has been quite hectic, so... Um, we will get to that something that, that you know, we will know we have to deal with. You know? We talked about the, the fans' reaction a little bit earlier on. Do you think it adds a bit of pressure to you to hit the ground running at the start of the season, knowing that there may be some sections who are being a bit critical? Um, you look at that anyway you want. No, not particularly. Personally, not particularly. I think what we've got is a long-term journey here. And we've, got a, we've got a plan um, and in time. People take their own mind up, as far as that's concerned. You know, there has there is there is um, a, a, a turnover of turnover of players generally in, in, in Scotland get into this summer. There will be. Um, so, you know, we'll be looking at that and, and seeing who you know comes and goes. That will take time for a team to gel. But this isn't knee jerk. This is a club where the, the owner has been in charge for a very long time. He's a very experienced owner in Scottish football and a very calm man. And someone that um, um, sees projects over periods of times, not in the next five games. And that being the case, we've got to make sure that when we build, we build well, we build strong, we have foundations. And I think genuine football fans over a period see that. As I said, we will be going out into the community to talk to them. We will do Q's and A's so that, that our, our local fans and the people that care about the club do get to understand a little bit more of what I've touched on today. So over time, football fans see that for themselves. And again, Evidence is everything. And can I ask Stephen as well? You know, how much did the fan 
and reaction come into your thinking over the last day or two? I suppose, what's your message to those who maybe aren't as supportive? My message is exactly the same as Malky's regarding what we know and everything about Malky and everything about what went on in the past and there is genuinely no skeleton in the cupboards on that one because Malky stood and we've already spoken about it, we've gone over all ground, he's took a battering and he's still standing and he's still so passionate and hungry and has a clear vision himself on what success looks like. You only have to look at the Premier League next season. Uh, we are the small fish in the Premier League next season with the, obviously the two Dundee clubs, the two Edinburgh clubs, the Rangers Celtic. So Johnson winning the two cups is a very, very tough league. And for Ross County to, to compete at that level, we need to think smart and we need to have plans, pro- procedures and processes that, that, that make us uh, able to compete and able to to hold their own against uh, some much, much bigger clubs with much, much bigger budgets than we have. So we need to make sure that we join everything together. Uh, we've already touched on it, whether it be talent identification, analysis, recruitment, um, development of young players. Um, Malky's CV tells you that he excels in every one of the, in every one of the facets. So for us to have that at our disposal at our club, ask the fans... Um, to give him a chance to be, to give him a chance to, to, to implement what he wants to implement, uh, and then be judged on, on what he does at Ross County because um, that's what we're doing, that's what we are going to do. Um, you can't change the past, but we can be really, really positive about the future. Um, when Malky in charge, we are really positive about where our future uh, is going to go and, and where it's going to lie. So, a couple of things that I would pick up on and, and highlight there. I didn't particularly like it when Malky Mackay said that genuine fans will see that because that makes it sound like he's saying the people who are bidding their season tickets and not going to support the club because he's a manager aren't genuine fans. And I really don't think that's the case. From what I've seen on social media, it's actually the more passionate Ross County fans, the ones who are, are commenting on every single match who are the ones that are complaining about this. And I don't think that's going to help build any bridges saying things like that. The other thing I picked up on was that when Stephen Ferguson was talking, that was obviously the last voice you heard there. He was on the press conference as well. I agree with what he said at the end and that you can't change what's happened in the past. You have to look forward. But I'm not sure how good of a look it was for him to talk about the competitiveness of the Premiership when asked about Marky Mackay's past, because that does make it sound like they're going in with their eyes open. They know about everything that's gone on in the past. And they're just prioritising what he can bring as a manager rather than having seen any change. They might well have seen a development and personal growth from Malcolm McKay, but that didn't come across there, did it? Yeah, that's the one thing I picked up on as well. Genuine fans will support the club. The reaction I'm getting is from lifelong Stuckey's fans that have just given uh, nothing but negativity to this appointment. And it, it, it's justified. Um, it, it's something that I understand and support, to be honest. The one thing Monkey said that he'll give a hundred percent into it. He'll work twenty-four hours a day into the job. I'm not. I'm not questioning the guy's commitment to the role. I think Mackay will go into the job thinking he's got a point to prove to everyone, and the, the negative reaction that is coming his way and to the club will only strike for that even more. I think that will make him even more determined. It's. It's just. <laughs> Can you see the fans getting over this? 
Not anytime soon, certainly. No. And, and that's the reason I asked the question about whether it puts them under any extra pressure, because if they go and have a terrible start to the season, even the fans that are on his side are going to turn and that will quickly become untenable for everyone at the club. You know, it, Alistair called it a hostile reaction to his appointment, but it will become genuinely hostile in the ground if Ross County start losing game after game after game with a manager who already wasn't particularly popular. So I, I have to disagree with him there when he says that it's not going to have an impact. He maybe won't look at it that way, but I, I don't see how it can't, really. How much pressure has it got to put on the board as well, and in particular, German Roy McGregor? Stuart Kettlewell, during his time in charge, he probably got a, a bigger saving grace during his time in charge. Would that be fair to say? Um, just because of his association with Ross County, maybe the same can be said of other managers as well. If it doesn't go well first five, six games, all of a sudden, does the chairman have to make a decision? Does the board have to make a decision? If there's... I go back to the impact. Will people support the club in terms of advertising, hospitality, season tickets? We've spoken about people pulling out the Stuggies army already. Even if he does get off to a flying start, will the fans accept it? Is it just a personality that the fans are never going to be won over by? We can't say yes or no at the moment. That remains to be seen. But there's a lot of negative feedback to this so far. Yeah. Not 100% negative feedback. There have been a minority of fans that have said it a good appointment, but overall, it's it's PR disaster, I'd go as far as to say. They've almost backed themselves into a corner. This has to start well. I mean, I'm a big advocate for giving managers time and, and not having knee-jerk reactions and sacking them after five or six games. But if this doesn't go well, because there's already that opposition to it, McGregor will have a decision to make, like you say. And... It's going to be really interesting to see how things go. Like you say, we can't call it yet. We don't know which way things are going to go on the pitch, off the pitch when the season starts up. I mean, the Premier Sports TV Cup draw is being made today. So we've still got a bit of time. You know, it's going to be probably about a month before we actually see this Ross County team in action. He's going to have a chance to weather a bit of a storm, but I don't see it really going away by the time matches come around at all. So... Yeah, he has to start well. And even that might not win over the fans. But it is a must. Well, look, we're going to be talking a lot more, I think, in the weeks to come about Mark McKay and about your reactions as well. Let us know if your opinion changes after you've heard a little bit of what he's had to say. Let us know if after even just a few days to think about it, you might have changed your opinion. If your opinion hasn't changed, also let us know and tell us why, because this is when we're going to be tracking. It's obviously something that we're <laughs> a little bit back and forth on as well, you know, whether to give him a second chance or whether to just condemn it. So, yeah, I, I agree, Hendo. I, it's, it's a decision that I, I struggle to get my head around. Um, nothing against the boys' coaching ability, football and ability, just in terms of public relations. How is it going to go down with the fans? Will, will they ever be won over? Remains to be seen. Not convinced. It absolutely does remain to be seen. And another thing we're going to have to wait and see to find out, as Malky answered one of Alistair's questions in the bit that I played, we're going to have to wait and see what's happening with the players because there's a lot of them out of contract. You know, At least now they have somebody there to make decisions on who to keep, who to let go, on new sign-ins. We also don't know about the coaching staff's futures. There's always been a lot of talk about Don Cowie this week whether he was actually in the frame for the Ross County job, whether he could even be jumping ship to Cali Thistle. 
Kai Thistle have been holding interviews for their own vacant managerial spot this week. At the time of recording, I'm going to say, that's not to say there won't be anything out by the time that this actually goes out to everybody. There's been no update there. We don't know who's going to be taking charge. It does look like Don Cowie is one of the favourites for that, according to the bookies, along with Billy Dodds. I suppose the other news at Cali Thistle this week is that a couple of youngsters got called up for the Scotland under 21s. What a coup for the academy, yeah? Okay, congratulations to um, Brody McGregor, Cami Harper, Daniel Mackay, even though he's a Hibernian player now, and Robbie Dees, who didn't come through the Cali Thistle Academy, but is still of the age and just an incredible achievement. When you see the the company they're among and the clubs that they're with, you know, the, one guy from Athletic Bilbao, uh, NEC Breda, uh, as well as Rangers and Celtic, it's a, a feather in the cap to the uh, the academy system at uh, Cali Fissel. It's always been really impressive and there's always been some very impressive players that have come through. But to have so many at one time, it's free. But it's free still quite a lot. It just shows you how well that system is working at Inverness, how they're breaking through into the first team. And it, it should also prove an inspiration to others that are coming through too. Fantastic. Yeah, it can be done. We've seen that happen in the past, haven't we, with Ryan Christie and, and maybe to a slightly lesser extent, but still to to the same sort of effect, Liam Polworth, um, mm. paving that way for youngsters to come through, being homegrown, you know, Inverness, born and bred and coming all the way through the system. Full credit to the youth coaches there because they've done a fantastic job, even just to get guys into the brink of the first team picture, never mind having a squad where a decent chunk of them are, are homegrown basically week in, week out. We, we talked before about the impact that those players that you mentioned will have had on the Cali Thistle first team this year. Most of them have been starting every single week. They've been important players. They've certainly made their mark on the campaign. Also great to see them getting recognition for the under 21s. Daniel Mackay has been there before. I think Robbie Dees has been involved at the younger age groups, but not the under 21s. As far as I know, this is a first Scotland call-up at any level for Cameron Harper and Roddy McGregor. So huge congratulations to them. We've seen other guys go from the under 21s into the senior team over the last few years. You never know what the future might hold, but this is the first step for them. They've got a double header against Northern Ireland next week in friendlies. Best of luck to them, and, and fingers crossed they managed to get on the pitch and make an impression there too. Dylan Mackay was always uh, got to be a star attraction for Cali Fizzle this season. I think Roddy McGregor, for in particular, maybe went under the radar. Um, even well, unless you actually saw him play, when you saw the performances he produced, they were fantastic. But maybe from an outsider's point of view, it was Daniel Mackay that was getting all the plaudits, as well as other senior players for Cali Fizzle this season, especially during the turnaround. But McGregor was what played his part too. Um, when he was in the first team, he made a, a big contribution. I'd still go back to his uh, the game against Queen of the South when they won 3-0 back in December. It was before everything went wrong, to be fair. But during that game, he was absolutely outstanding and scored an absolute beaut of a goal. And they're only going to go get better now. Maybe one worry for the new Cali Fissel manager, whoever he may be, being called up to the under-21 squad. Is that going to catch uh, the attention of clubs in the Premiership now? They're going to look at these Cali Fissel players and seeing the company that are alongside and thinking, well, could this guy do a job for us? Maybe a bottom six Premiership team will come in, have a look, you never know. Well, just funny when you say that, because when I was talking to Charlie Christie a couple of weeks ago about Daniel Mackay's move to Hibs, 
he did say that there are actually clubs looking at Roddy McGregor and Cameron Harper as well. Obviously, nothing as yet concrete has happened with those two, but they're definitely on people's radars. And, you know, you picked out Roddy McGregor. I, I totally agree. He's been impressive. I'm a huge Cammy Harper fan as well. What he brings to the side going forward, when we're doing the player of the years, you were talking about Nikolai Todorov as being one of the standouts. But I think Harper provided him with a handful of assists throughout the year. That They managed to have a really good relationship. And he's a set-piece threat. For me, I just said he was one of the ones that went under the radar. So this is great that they've got this talent coming through. I remember watching Cammy Harper, uh, Cali Fissel's first game of the season at uh, Tynecastle against Hearts. And uh, I remember that night uh, he had a really hard time marking Josh Ganilli, um, kind of putting the back pocket a wee bit. But maybe that was good for him because as the season went on, he, he grew a stronger player, a smarter player a more defensive player as well as being able to attack uh, when required. So maybe that did him the world of good of opening up into first-team football. And he's become an accomplished fullback. Maybe fell away from prominence when Neil McCann came in, speaking about the injuries to, to the, they had in defence when Robbie Dees was pushed to left-back and Brad McKay came in centre-back with Danny Devine, which led to Dave Carson, the masterstroke, being pushed back to right-back. Maybe he didn't get the same kind of chances under McCann as he did, did under John Robertson. But certainly, uh, when called upon uh, as the season progressed, he produced some very good performances. That's what happens with defenders. They tend to mature longer than maybe um, midfielders or strikers do, simply because of the physical requirements of being a defender. You have to go in and tackle. So he's getting better. I think he's going to be a great fullback, and if he's there next season, I think he'll prove very important for Cali Fissle. But Roddy McGregor, certainly under the radar, but uh, as you said, Charlie told you, maybe not as much under the radar as uh, the club would like. That's the thing. That's going to be their next challenge after they appoint a manager, keeping hold of some of these young talents. Again, that's one we're going to be keeping an eye on and see what happens over the next couple of weeks and months. Well, I, I feel like I'm already conscious of time because we went in on so much depth with Malachi Mackay, which I do feel was warranted. I'm not apologising for that, but I feel like we should move on and keep the ball rolling a little bit. While we're talking about managerial situations, I have to mention what's going on at Nearn County. It was really sorry to hear that Roy Sharp had a heart attack last week. Thankfully, he is now home from hospital after undergoing tests over the last week. While... His assistant manager, Mike Ray, and former Clackney Cudden boss, Brian McLeod, who actually was back involved at Station Park in the youth coaching setup, will be taking temporary charge of the first team. Our best wishes go to Ronnie, obviously, and best wishes as well to Mike and Brian for taking preseason training, which I believe begins next weekend again. So things are starting to come back with the Highland League. It's- We've only just finished the season and now things are coming back. It's weird. Best wishes to Ronnie, too. Um, great guy. Always makes a lot of time for us. Um, win, lose, or draw. But yeah, it's not long before the Highland League starts again. It's just the topsy-turvy nature of recovering from the pandemic. Hopefully we'll get a full season this time uh, with Breakin City. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't even have that on my list, Will. Breakin City are going to be in the Highland League next. If they're going to be in the stand. It's not confirmed yet. It's not confirmed yet. I talked to the Highland League secretary, Rod Houston, earlier on this week, who says they're planning for Brecon to be in the Highland League until told otherwise, because that's what the rules currently state. Mm -hmm. So again, that's something we'll be keeping an eye on. Stay tuned to 
the newspapers as they come out, pick them up in shops, stay tuned to our websites and social media feeds as well for the latest updates on all of the above, basically. <laughs> but I say Highland League is coming back fairly soon. The North Cali League, of course, is already back. And, well, I believe you were on North Cali duty doing a little bit of a, a preview for this weekend's games. What's going on? Top of the table, Invergordon, St Duffus, the Rocher Derby. Invergordon, two points clear at the top before games remaining. You know, Golsby Sutherland are right behind them. Uh, in second place, they go to Hawkeart United. Uh, first of all, they're crossing the Pentland Firth to play Orkney. If they win their last four games, they could be champions. Uh Division 2, Alness United, they only need two more wins, one against Scourie on Saturday, and then they're playing Inverness Athletic on Wednesday night. If they do that, they win the Division 2 title. And uh, Loch Ness, they are playing their final game of the season against Borna Bridge at Canal Park. And uh, I'm going to Tain on Saturday to watch Inver Gordon St Duffus. Should be a belter. Well, there you go. It must be the first North Cali game you've got into for a while. I know, it's not since I left the John and Grote Journal in 2017 have I covered a North Caledonian game. But I'm planning a few this summer and it, it's going to be great to just report on what is maybe an unappreciated league in this part of the world. Grown in stature, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's going to be part of Tier 6 hopefully next season, so hopefully it gets more gravitas. Well, you mentioned the John O'Groat Journal there. There's, of course, a preview of Thurso's trip to Orkney in the John O'Groat Journal today. They are feeling quite good by the looks of it after winning the Caithness Derby last time out. So a, a big win, if only for bragging rights. So, yeah, like go and read the John O'Groat Journal, pick up a copy today to read that in a bit more detail. Uh, just one last thing on football before we move on to some other sports. I talked about the John O'Groat Journal there in the Northern Scot today. Former Elgin City player Thomas Riley, who's now at Kelty Hearts, says that Kelty are looking to emulate Cove Rangers, basically, and have a quick rise through the lower leagues of Scottish football. We touched on them beating Brechin last weekend. Brechin look like they're going to be coming down the Highland League, but what we kind of glossed over was that Kelty Hearts are now going to be in League Two. And with the backing they've got, they're now looking for a manager as well, just to add to all the, the vacancies around the place at the minute. But you'd have to fancy them to be at least challenging at the top of the table, if not challenging for the title. If they can keep their players, yes, like uh, Nathan Austin, Thomas Riley, Callum Higginbottom, uh, Dylan Easton as well, all quality players. Uh, but Barry Ferguson left Kilty Hearts. Yeah, he's Aloha now. So hopefully other players won't follow suit and because uh, if they do, Kelty won't be the same sort of force. If they can keep the majority of their squad, I'd, I'd make them favourites to win League 2. I can easily see them doing a Cove Rangers, but uh, they need to keep their players. Uh, otherwise, it's a rebuilding job. Absolutely. Well, let's move on a bit from football. And we talked about athletics in, in quite a big way last week. I think we were mostly talking about Scotland call-ups. There was the Loughborough International last weekend. We talked about Kersla a few weeks ago. She won it for the third time in a row. It actually stretches back four years because the event wasn't held in 2020, but she's now won it in 2018, 2019 and 2021 with her third best throw ever. As you may remember from a couple of weeks ago, Kirsty wasn't particularly happy with her personal best and she's looking to keep pushing on. It's the same now. She won. She's happy to take the win. It's actually her hometown track at Loughborough, even though she is from Munlochy. And she was delighted to wear the Scotland vest. That's always a special moment for her. To win in her hometown track nowadays was also a good moment for her, but she still wasn't particularly happy with the distance. She feels like she can go even further. It's just a case of actually doing that in a competition 
when conditions aren't always the best in the UK at the minute. <laughs> Maybe that was the uh, factor. Even so, she, even though she won quite comfortably, um, she she didn't reach her personal best. But the weather might have played a factor in that because the one thing we've noticed about Kirsty Sporm at the moment is she is reaching further than she's ever thrown before. So elements might have played a factor, but I think uh, she's got the Commonwealth Games in mind next year. And if she puts in the late same level of dedication, she's only going to get better and better. Um, even for she maybe approaching the the twilight of her career, maybe it's would that be fair well, to say. She was talking about retiring a few years back and then made a last minute U turn. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, maybe the Commonwealth Games might be the swan song. I don't know, but uh, she, she's still the best in Britain. So congratulations to her. And it does look like she's going from strength to strength as well. Like I said, that was her third furthest throw ever, and she told me that going into the competition, she was feeling a bit below her peak. And then the weather was pretty terrible by the signs of it on the day. So everything was conspiring against her, really. And she still went and produced that. I feel like 60 metres is, is coming soon. It's just a case of when the way things are going. So fingers crossed and best of luck, Kirsten. She's got a few competitions at the start of next month. So here's hoping she can finally break through that barrier. Kirsten is from Munlochy, which is obviously in Rosher. Well, a story you did in the Rosher Journal this week that I absolutely loved was on Donald Uckert. Yeah. Tell us all about this one. It's an incredible story for the 77-year-old. He won the Uckert Cup. It was a trophy that uh, was named after his uh, father in 1958. Sadly, he passed away shortly before then, and his wife uh, named the Uckert Cup after him. Donald didn't actually first compete for the trophy for uh, another 14, 15 years. Um, because he was on duty with the Merchant Navy. But ever since then, he's always competed for the Cup. He's come close once or twice. But finally, after 49 years, he came out on top and lifted the trophy. And he said it was the most emotional moment of his golfing career, maybe his life as well. Congratulations. It's a fantastic story. Read it for yourself. Um, he's good enough to speak to me uh, in his own words. And uh, it's a great picture of him as well with, with the thumbs up with the trophy. I like that. I like seeing that people winning trophies. There's never enough pictures of people holding a trophy with a thumbs up. I loved it. It was such a feel-good story. It was, yeah, especially with all, everything else that's been happening, um, all the ambiguity with certain stories and all that. It's just a feel-good story. Um, go, go and read it. It'll make your day. And it just shows... If at first you don't succeed, try, 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 try. Don't try. do 50 tries. Please don't do 50 tries. Even if it takes you 49 years, don't give up. Absolutely. That is a good message for people to take away from this podcast. There you go. Elsewhere in golf, I'm going to pop back up to the Journal Group Journal, actually, because there was a really close run competition. Uh, I believe it was at Ray Golf Club where club captain Andy Bain won on countback over Joe Wilson. It was really, really tight competition. Again, for full reaction, go and pick up the, the John Groat Journal because there's a lot of great sporting stuff as ever up there, just like there is throughout the rest of our titles. Got a feel for Joe losing on countback. Well, yeah, I mean, it's always going to be a gutting moment, isn't it? It's like losing a penalty shootout. David, I you. <laughs> we'll leave that there. The less said about that, the better. Well, I think that's everything I had on my list. Is there anything else that's caught your eye this week? You stole my thunder with Donald Lucker. <laughs> that, that, to me, that's the best story of the week. I, I, I can't uh, give any more, what was the word I'm looking for, respect and adulation to the man for what he achieved. 
Oh, sorry. Well, no, there is one more thing, actually. Congratulations to Finlay Todd from Ross County Athletics Club, who, after 31 years, finally broke Sandy McKenzie's record in the 1,500 metres, the club record. Uh, he was competing at the Monument Mile, and uh, he also broke the mile record at the same time. But to beat a record that's been standing for 31 years, fair play to the man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's clearly a big achievement and nobody's managed to do it in that length of time. So well played. Well played indeed. In that case, well, I think I'll move on to our, our wrap up for the week. I'll just say one more time, if anybody is looking to send in questions or comments or wants to react to anything we've been talking about, please do get in touch. We're always looking to hear more from our listeners and from our readers for the papers as well. So you can get in touch with us on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or by emailing balls and whistles at hnmedia.co.uk. If you're listening to a Highland News and Media podcast, why not check out the other ones that we have on offer as well? There's Active Outdoors, there's Health and Lift Nest from our colleagues Andy Dixon and Frederica Safai. Active Outdoors is John Davidson. They're always great listens. Will even had a question answered an episode or two ago on Health and Lift Nest. So make sure you get in touch with them. You can find out all the answers you've ever dreamed of. For the time being, though, I think that's all we've got to say this week. So thanks for listening. I've been Andrew Henderson. Have a good weekend.